so this morning, uh, I, if you will, indulge me, uh, I'd like to tell you the story of uh, how uh, my wife and I started dating, because um, there's a whole thing, right? Um, and you're probably thinking, oh, this is going to be corny, and you are absolutely right, but there's a point. Uh, there's a point. So please, uh, it'll, it'll come together. So uh, now the other thing I have to say is you're probably going to say like, oh my goodness, like all the adults who've been married for so long, you'll probably say, ah, oh, like these kids, they're just so, they just need to calm down. Everything's going to be fine. And, and that is true, but I need you to help me uh, or help, help me by putting yourself in the mind of like a 14-year-old, 15-year-old, right, where it just feels like when your heart gets broken for the first time, like your life is over, right? So try to put your mind there, and then the story, like, it, it makes more sense, right? So I hope that this, is, uh, this, this message this morning might be a little practical, but also will remind you of some greater promises and truths uh, that the Lord has for us. So uh, my first girlfriend was in eighth grade. It's not Raquel. Um, <laughs> uh, in eighth grade, uh, and uh, didn't work out, right? Hearts broken, hearts shattered, but I had, that's fine, because uh, ninth grade, I had another girlfriend, but guess what? Then she cheated on me with my friend, hearts shattered, but it's okay, because in sophomore year, I had another girlfriend, it was fine, right? Uh, except that was terrible. She also cheated on me, her dad didn't like me, and it was a whole mess, a big mess. And after, after all of this just, just absolute trauma for a teenager, uh, you know, like how we are teenagers, we just, we just, that's it, I guess I'm unlovable. You know, it must be me or, you know, God has these promises for other people, but not for me, that kind of a thing. And um, so uh, I went to Southern and there's this joke that I just don't, I don't like the joke, but a lot of people do, that they used to call it, uh, back when Southern was Southern Missionary College, uh, they, there was a joke that said it was actually Southern Matrimonial College, right? And that joke has just, just gone throughout the ages, and now it's Southern Adventist University, but it's still SMC, you know, Southern Matrimonial College. It's the joke. And so I declared theology, right, as my major, and then, you know, there's also a joke that, like, I really didn't like, but people like it, so I'll tell it, that theology majors uh, were just, like, hungry for marriage, right? Like, I, I, I won't even get hired if I'm not married or engaged, or blah, blah, blah. So it was, like, a thing with all the girls, like, just stay away from Hackman Hall. Unless you're trying to get married, then go in Hackman Hall if you want, I guess. But, um, uh, and I won't say, like, for lack of trying, but I never dated at Southern. I never, well, I never dated someone from Southern, right? Not for lack of trying, but, you know, theology major. They were like, away from me, you. We know what you want. And um, so I, uh, <laughs> like, I had a plan, right? I had a plan, and it wasn't working, you know. Uh, and, well, in comes this, this prayer that radically changed my life. And as, as we go through the rest of the sermon today, I'll, I'll come back to the story, but there was a prayer that finally I prayed because my plans weren't working out at all, uh, and it radically changed everything for me, 
And I believe that there are some scriptural truths inside uh, that story, but also the Bible. Like, uh, like we read, Jeremiah 29 is where we're going to be today. And so turn to Jeremiah 29 this morning. And uh, while you're doing that, I want to just catch you up to speed with the context, right? Context, my favorite word in the entire English language. Uh, the context of what's going on is that the Israelites have, they've been bad. You know what I mean? Like, you read that a lot uh, in Scripture, that they have just been making mistake after mistake, and, and they lose their first love, which is God, and they go and they do other things. It got so bad, and they were just inter... I don't want to say inter... Well, they were intermingling, but they were taking on the beliefs of other people to the extent it got so bad that they began to actually take on the pagan ritual of child sacrifice. And so it comes to a point, and, and we've read before about prophets, and Jeremiah is a prophet. He is no exception to the rule that the Lord will never do things without revealing what he's doing to his prophets and then to the people, right? And so he reveals to Jeremiah, you need to tell people that I'm not happy, right? And, and because of their sin and their choice, that they would be thrown into exile, that Babylon would come from the north and take everybody, and that's where we get um, the, the, the diaspora, right? The, the, everybody was spread out, and some Jews stayed in, in Jerusalem, but some went to Babylon, and others went different places, and, and this wasn't the only time that they were sent into exile, <laughs> you know? So they continued to make mistakes, but in, <clears throat> in the middle of all of that, the Lord has a message for ho- of hope for His people. He has a message of hope for His people. And so, at, at, we'll start in verse 4. Verse 4 of, the, of Jeremiah 24 says this, or Jeremiah 29, verse 4 says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Uh, take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. So the people are in exile. And this is just a season, right? It's a season of life for them because of the things that they have done. And I don't know about you, but like if the message is, hey, we'll just say, we'll just use prison, right? Like I'm in prison and I'm just waiting for the word to come that I have been, you know, set free. And I'm thinking, well, and I'll put your minds into the people's minds, like, we got God on our side. Right now, they want to claim God, this God that they have put to the side and, and forgotten about and, and run off and done other things. They say, well, well, we got the God of Jacob on our side, and so this shouldn't take too long. And then the prophet or the letter from the prophet shows up, and everybody's like, see, we're about to find out. And the word comes back, uh, you should just settle down. This is going to take a while buy a house, get married, 
you know, just even to the point, and this, is, this doesn't really happen anywhere else where the prophet says, you should even just pray for your captors. Just pray that their city does well because you're going to be here so long that if the city does well, so will you. This, is, this doesn't happen really anywhere else in all of Scripture. The word of the Lord comes back and the word is wait. Seventy years, we're going to read that later, 70 years they were prophesied to be there. Now, that's a long time. What that means is, like as the Scripture says, that as people were buying houses or building houses and, and, and getting married and giving their kids in marriage, and that eventually there would be children who didn't know anything except exile, that this is all they knew in there. And so imagine trying to explain to the child, no, but there's a God who loves you very much, and he protects us, and he does all these things. And the kid is like, where? Where, dad? Where, mom? That's not true. But he promised us, where? Where, though? I don't see him. I don't... And, and it gets to a point, too, that the people, because of their thinking that, well, we've been sent into exile, that this God that loves us so much and protects us so much, well, because we were thrown into exile, it means that he has abandoned us, that he has moved on, that we are on our own. That's it. There is nothing else. Buy a house. Settle down. You're going to be here for a while. I don't know where you are in life. Some of you I do. Not everybody. Sometimes I don't know everything that's going on. You keep your cards close to your chest and that's okay. God knows your heart and he knows what you're going to. But each and every one of us are in some sort of season in life, right? You might be just like, sailing through the clouds, feeling great, or you might be in the deepest, darkest valleys, right? The valley of the shadow of death, right? You are in some kind of season. Maybe you're somewhere in the middle of that. But the point is, we're all in our own season. With Southern and all of that, and, and just, I was in a, sing, a season of singleness, and all my friends were like, starting to date and, and, and meeting people. And, and I'm like, okay, Lord, I've seen what you've done for others. But where is my blessing? Well, hold on. You're in a season. You're in a season, Ben. And I think that there are times that we don't like the season we're in. And listen, that's normal, right? Nobody likes to be in a season of poverty or a season of, uh, of heartbreak or a season of fear, that's, those are normal feelings to not want to be there. But you're praying and you got a plan to get out of it and to do something else. And the word of the Lord comes back and says, build a home here. Get married here. It's going to be a while. What do we do then? The word of the Lord through the prophet Jeremiah is essentially saying, just lean into this season. In their case, it's their fault. In your case, it might not be. But the word of the Lord may come back to you the same. Just You're going to be here a little bit. Lean into the seasons uh, that you're in. 
Because there's something to be learned there. The people of Israel had to learn something. They had to unlearn a lot of things that they were doing and learn that it is God who ultimately, like no matter how much wealth you have, no matter how much whatever, it's God who just at the, at the words that come out of his mouth say, hey, Babylon, come and do this. And it happens. And at the words of his mouth say, hey, in 70 years, you're going to be fine. And then 70 years later, that happens. This is a very powerful God. And so when we are in a season that perhaps he is allowing us to be in because we need to learn something or unlearn something, or hey, it's just life, there are seasons, we should lean into it. You might have a plan, but his plans are different. The Bible says that our ways are not his ways. So we lean into the season. The word of the Lord comes back. Just hold on. Wait a while. It's going to be a minute. Sometimes we don't like that, though. Like I said, it's, it's normal to not really like a season of fear or pain or anger or something. Uh, that's normal. Don't, don't suddenly be upset with yourself because, like, man, like, I should be rejoicing that, like, I lost my job right now. No, no, no. You should feel the feelings that you're feeling. But there comes a point where we come outside of what the Lord is trying to do and work, and we try to go about it our own way and just seek our own comfort. See, in verse 8, another thing that Jeremiah is having to do, he's having to uh, also undo a lot of problems that false prophets are creating. You see, let's, let's read verse 8 together. For thus says the Lord of hosts, uh, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners among you deceive you, and do not listen to the dreams that they dream. For it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. What is he talking about? So in different parts of Jeremiah, where the middle of this exile, there was this big thing that was happening where these false prophets or people who were prophets who weren't really enjoying the season that they were in, and even the pressure of the people, hey, what's going on? We need a word from the Lord. This is hard and we don't like this. What they began to do was say, ah, the word of the Lord is that hey, this is only going to last like a year or two, max. The word of the Lord is that, hey, uh, I know that we messed up, but like the word of the Lord is like, this isn't going to last. And people ate it up. Why? Because they say, oh, okay, all right, it's not that bad. All right, we messed up, God. It's okay. We're going to, you know, we're going to do our thing and we'll, we'll get this over with a little slap on the wrist and we're going to be okay. And people ate that up. And we do the same thing, right? So uh, I'm looking around. I see all the blessings, but I'm not getting any, Lord. And so what did I do? I went to, to, <laughs> I went to false prophets who said, oh, well, if you just do this thing, right, then you'll get a girlfriend. Or there was this book that we read, and I don't, um, listen, I don't think that it was a bad book. If you've read it, amen. But it was this book uh, called... Um, the weight or something. A friend of mine was like, you got to read this book. You got to read this book. It's like the gospel of dating. I was like, okay, fine, all right, cool. Let me, let me see this book. And, and in this book, it, it, 
um, <laughs> we became like, we, we, joked, we joke about it later in hindsight, like we, we became the disciples of the weight. <laughs> we read this book and we were like, okay, all right. So if it was very much like, if you do this thing for this amount of time, then, then once you've paid your dues there, then, you know, like God's going to bless you after. And we were like, okay, so we'll just like do our thing here. And then this time next year, because of the weight and this author and my friends who, they were just as lost as me, right? But the false prophets, the false prophets in my life were like, listen, if you just do these things, you're going to be okay. It doesn't matter what season you're in because if you just spend this much time, then after that, you'll be fine. Okay. And so we did it. And, and uh, a year later, right, at that time, I was like, well, listen, I'm uh, running out of time here, right? Like, you've got four years and I've wasted one of them on this stupid book. So uh, what's going on? We try to get ourselves out of certain seasons in our life. We go to... Uh, yeah, God forbid we go to pastors who will tell you what you want to hear, right? You'll go talk to 10 people and they'll all tell you one thing that you don't like and the 11th person tells you what you want to hear and you're like, you know what? That's good advice. We do this. We do this. Don't lie. And the people of Israel, listen, the word of the Lord comes and says, hey, build a home, settle down. You're going to be here a while like, Nah, 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 nah. But the, this guy said, I'm only going to be here too. And, 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 and God is like, listen, they're saying things in my name, but you are being deceived. There is a big deception, a big deception that as you live a life with Christ, that you will be free from bad times huge deception. I know you guys. You guys are very good people, godly people. And I know that we have gone through hard times in the two years that I've been here. We've gone through bad times. We're all good people. We all love the Lord. What's going on? And we might try to say, hey, I must be doing something wrong. I saw a pastor on TV and he told me, well, I must be doing this wrong and I'm doing that wrong. And he speaks, in the, he speaks for the Lord and I've seen him do miracles. And man, Jesus talks about that when he's here on earth. You're going to see people do things. But when the time comes, I don't know them. You listen to people that you don't know. We might be in seasons for a reason. And to try to do something else and to follow somebody else for our own gratification isn't going to help us out at all. The people of the Lord were being deceived by false prophets. My prayer for us is that we would earnestly seek the Lord in all things to know whether or not what we're hearing is truly of the Lord or not. We're going to keep going. Verse 10. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill my promise and bring you back to this place. A promise. Listen, I haven't forgotten you, because that's what some people thought. 
I also am not just letting you off the hook in less than two years, but I promise you that I will bring you back here. That what's going on right now, the season that you're in, is ultimately for your good. Why? Verse 11, which we've read. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, some versions say peace, and not for evil. Plans to give you a future and a hope. Let's break this down. Number one, the word of the Lord says, for I know. For I know. The Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things. We make plans. Proverbs says that we will make, you know, we'll make our plans for our life, but it's the Lord who directs our steps. He knows best. And so in my singleness, whatever, I'm like, what's going on? I had a plan. It's not working out. Nothing's working out. I thought I knew better. In fact, there was right before Raquel and I began dating, there was this girl that I worked at summer camp with, and I was in love with this girl, and I was like, she's the one, Lord. And I remember I prayed about it so much, these like false prophet things, these things that you think, right, that, um, that everything's falling into place, and they're not, right? So here's the thing. You guys are going to, like, people are probably going to walk out when I say this. When I met her, she had a boyfriend. Oh, man. So um, it was tough. So, but uh, listen, listen, listen. Uh, don't, hey, no, sit back down. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, what happened was I respected that. Come on. I respected that. And I said, listen, so I'm not going to do anything except I'm going to pray for his downfall, right? I'm going to like, <laughs> no, and I, 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 listen, it was my plan. Right? And I was like, I'm going about this the right way, the biblical way. I'm not going to interfere. I'm not going to interfere, but I'm just going to like, Lord, you know I'm better than he is. You know, like, God, it's one of, you know, it's one of those things. And um, listen, they broke up. It was crazy. I was like, thank you, Jesus. Like, he answers prayers. I read that in the Bible. I know it's true. And so... Listen, I thought everything was, 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 going, was going as planned. I was like, well, that, that book must have been good for something, right? Like, and, and, and things were working out and going well. And then at the last minute, when I was prepared to just lay it all out on the table, like, I love you, right? She goes, oh, guess what? My ex and I are getting back together. Lord, what are you doing? Jesus my plan, Lord, my plan. But the Bible says, for I know, right? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. I thought that, well, my life is over. Again, right? Remember, put your mind into that place at that time when you were that age, and it makes more sense. Well, I thought it was over with. There was nothing more that I could do. But the Bible says that even to these people, I have plans for your welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. To give you a future and a hope. What happened is after that 
Uh, after that fiasco, I was like, you know what? Let me, let me, I was praying for what I wanted, but have I ever stopped to ask what God wants? Maybe I'm supposed to be in this season. So here's what happened. After that, I started to pray this prayer, and uh, it makes sense based off of uh, verse 13. Yeah, verse 13, which I'll just read it. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. All your heart, complete surrender. None of your agenda attached to it, right? We're on the precipice of a new year. People are saying, hey, Lord, I, I, this is my new year's resolution. I want to I wanna seek the Lord this year, truly. You cannot seek the Lord while you're seeking your own self-interest at the same time. You can do your best, right? And you can read the Bible, and you can, and, and, and you can be a good Christian, but you cannot fully seek the... You can seek all you want, but you will not find him until you lay aside your own self-interest and seek the Lord with your whole heart. So I started to pray this prayer. I didn't get it from any false prophets. This was all me. I thought about it on my own after reading and I started to pray. Because, uh, so after that, I was like, well, I remember my friends tried to set me, set me up on some blind date, and it was, it was bad. It was terrible. But, like, I uh, prayed. I was like, Lord, any time I would meet somebody and, and we would start to hit it off, and I thought this was going to be cool, I'd pray this prayer. Lord, you know how I'm feeling but if it's not your will, just close the door and close it quickly, even if it hurts, because I'd rather live in your will than to do my own thing. But if it's your will, keep the door open, right? Simple prayer. Every time I prayed that prayer, within 24 hours, within 24 hours, I'd get the biggest red flag from the person that I was seeing, and it was done after that, like the first one. We, we, um, right after I, I, she was from Florida, I was like, this is, this is cool. Prayed the prayer, Lord, I want to live in your will, so close it if it's, if it's not for me. Keep the door open if it is. 24 hours later, one of my friends is like, bro, I saw her with another dude, and then another dude, and then a third. I was like, okay, cool. You, I, I got it. I got it. There was another time. I, listen, transparency, right? I mean, you guys, I know I'm an open book, and you can use this against me, I guess, if you want. But I'm hoping that uh, it shows you, you know, that we get to know each other a little bit more. There was another one. This was the worst one. I'll just say this one, then I'll move on. Uh, listen, people can be mean, okay? But I was in a season, and so that's just the season. People were mean. I was talking to this girl, and we would text a lot. She would make me do weird things, like, oh, come meet me at the soccer field, and no one was there. I'm like, that was weird. Prayed the prayer. Prayed the prayer. Twelve hours. A friend of mine was like, listen, I'm not supposed to be telling you this, but you're not just texting her. You're actually texting, like, three girls? They just wanted to see, like, if you would do the things that, like, so I was like, so that time I went to the soccer field? like, yeah, that was them. They were like sitting in the Halsey Wellness Center laughing 
I was like, yo, Jesus, what is this season I'm in? But every time, every time, I'm telling you, it sounds like crazy, but I was happier for it because I was living in the Lord's. I'm not wasting any time. I'm not doing all this stuff. Okay, great. So I knew Raquel since junior year of high school. She was in Orlando. I knew her. But I was like, listen, I'm going to Southern Matrimonial College, and you're not. So see you later. You know, it was nothing. And um, uh, anyway, Raquel and I, she was going to transfer to Southern. didn't work out. But in that, we began talking more and more and more and realizing, like, man, like, Raquel's really cool. And so what happened is I prayed this prayer. It's the one that I prayed. But at this point, it had happened so often that within 24 hours, like, they were gone, that what I did was actually my roommate, who was a very godly man, uh, he caught me talking to Raquel. He was like, who are you messaging? I was like, oh, no one. You know, and, and so finally I had to tell him. I was like, okay, it's this girl from Orlando that I know. And she is really cool. And he's like, cool. And he knew about my prayer. He was like, have you prayed yet? And I was like, no. And he goes, why not? And I was like, because I'm not ready for it to be over yet. <laughs> so dumb. So dumb, right? So dumb. And... Um, <laughs> And that's what he told me. He's like, you're dumb. Like, he's like, stop being stupid and pray your prayer. And I was like, get out. You know, I was upset with him. But after he left, I was like, no, he's right. He's right. Because I need to be seeking the Lord with my whole heart on this, right? So that's what I did. I, it was so, I, I prayed about it that evening. And it was one of those things where I was like, goodbye, Raquel. And I like went to bed, right? I go to bed. And in the morning, I wake up. And she's still texting me, and I'm like, okay, I must have done it wrong. Okay, so let me pray again. Jesus, you remember what I asked? You know, do the thing. She just wouldn't leave me alone. She, kept, she keeps messaging me and talking to me to the point where I'm like, I've lost my connection with the Lord, and I'm supposed to be a pastor, and how can I do this? And I, I, Listen, it's so dumb. It's, I went to the chaplain, to the chaplain of Southern, and I was like, listen, this is bad. I have lost my connection with the Lord. What do I do? And, and she's talking to me like, well, what happened? It's like, well, you know, I had this prayer, and there's Raquel, and I prayed, and she's still talking to me. So the chaplain was like, you're dumb. <laughs> it's like, what? You're supposed to be nice to me, or the chaplain. Well, um, <laughs> she goes, Say the prayer again. Like, say it out loud to me again. It's like, okay, Lord, I want to live in your will. So if it's not your will, close the door. And if it is, keep the door open. She's like, okay, what's the second half? I was like, if, it's, if it is your will, keep the door. Oh, oh, snap. I was like, this is the real, this is real. Yeah, right? So long story short from there, you know, Raquel and I start to date, and now we are married, right? So uh, there's a lot of stuff in between that that we can save for some other time. But there's three things I wanted to bring out of this story. Practically, right, how we should approach, how I believe that we should approach this new year in prayer. Number one, God, whatever it is that you're worried about, Lord, if it is your will, open the door. Open the door, Lord. But if it's not your will, shut it quickly, even if it breaks my heart. Because I'd rather live in your will 
then live out of your will and thinking I'm happy until I realize that I've been outside of your will the whole time. Because you will seek me and find me when you seek, <clears throat> seek me with all your heart. Verse 14 even says, I will be found by you. Now, for Jesus is always around. God is always around us. He is close to us. It's us who leave, right? He stays the same, and we're the ones who wander off. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm still fighting a little bit, but I feel better this week than last week. Listen, God is saying, you're going to find me because I haven't gone anywhere. You're going to find me. But when you finally put aside your own selfish ambitions, you're going to realize, like, oh, you've been here the whole time. It's a promise, right? I know the plans that I have for you, and they're good plans to give you a hope and a future. And now you're, you're going to find me. I will be found by you declares the Lord, and I will restore uh, your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to this place from which I sent you into exile. Listen, it's not right of us to look at that and say, oh, prosperity gospel, right? Because like, oh, these fortunes and these this and that, 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 the Lord is talking about. He's talking to the Israelites in exile like thousands of years ago. He's not talking to us, but these promises, the idea of the promises, it's not exactly the same. Maybe you have lost something and the Lord wants to restore that in you, or maybe you're in a season, right? Maybe you're in that season. He's like, listen, you're going to be here a while. I think you should just hunker down but the promise is, that's not just found here, but found all throughout Scripture, is that, uh, listen, I'm not going to leave you or forsake you. That's true throughout the entire, from the very beginning, right? I always reference as soon as there was sin, there was a Savior. All the way to John 14, if I go, I'm going to come back so that where, you, or where I am, you can be also. And all the way in between, Matthew 28, and lo, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. And then this. Yeah, that's for the Israelites at the time, but I believe wholeheartedly that if you seek, and the reason I believe it is because it's happened to me, if you seek the Lord with your whole heart, you will find him. Don't worry about trying to get out of the season you're in, finding false prophets, people who will tell you what you want to hear. Lean into the season that you're in, good or bad, right? Definitely lean into the good ones. Definitely do. But even the bad ones, even the, the ones in the middle that you're like, ah, this is, I don't know what I'm feeling. Seek the Lord with your whole heart. And the word might come back to say, hunker down for a while, but I have never left you. 
and I will never forsake you. When you seek me with your whole heart, you will find me. Listen, that prayer changed my life. Raquel's awesome, right? If I had been with literally any of the other ones, it would be terrible. It would be terrible. Listen, even, even my life, just the, the decisions that I've made in life, like even to be a pastor and go to Southern, even though I didn't meet a girl at Southern, that started all the way back before I was even worried about this stuff where the Lord said, hey, I want you to join a small group. I've told you guys this story. I want you to join a small group. In fact, I want you to lead it. And it was going to be such a blessing, right, that, that listen, you're going to meet the people that you need to meet in life. You're going to go to Southern. My best friends, I wouldn't have any of them had that not happened. I wouldn't be married if that had not happened. Or if I was, it was going to be to somebody totally different. I don't know what I would be doing with my life if 10 years ago, God hadn't had a better plan for me. So, hey, I don't know how this year ended for all of you. I don't know your most inner feelings, but the Lord does. And my prayer for us individually, but also as a church, right? Do you believe that the Lord has plans for a body of people to do something in a local community to bring people to know Him? I believe that. I believe as we like look into this upcoming year that if we as a people, as a body of people, seek Him with our whole heart, hey, radical things might happen here. We might change, I don't know, we might change the way we do things so that we can better reach because the Lord is saying, hey, now that you have stopped trying to do what you want to do, let's try what I want to do and just wait for the blessings to pour in because his ways are not our ways. He has a plan for us to prosper, to have hope and a future. Even though as you look around the world, it seems that there's not a lot of hope left. It seems like, man, like, it's like awkward to be a Christian now, you know, to go out there and talk about Jesus to other people. It's like the hope of us actually doing effective evangelism feels slim because of the state of the world. But what if he has a plan to give us a hope and a future, and not just us, but the people in Gainesville? There are people living in Gainesville with no hope who feel that there is no future. There are people who have been seeking God, but they don't know that they're seeking God. Do you understand what I'm saying? There are people who are seeking love in the wrong places. There are people who are seeking, uh, what, did, what did Lorraine say? The, that, that, or I guess Ellen White, really. <laughs> but she just read it to us that there's something to be said about community. That it helps your health. And people are looking for that, but they're looking for it in the wrong place. There are people who might be looking, sure, for financial opportunities, but they're doing it the wrong way. What if we leaned into the Lord's plan for our lives, for this church's life, and see what would happen? So listen, um, take that prayer, uh, and listen, this isn't like salvation by works or anything, but I do think that that works. I still pray that prayer for different things in my life. Not for another wife. I don't do that. But uh, for different things that happen. 
in life as things come up, things here at this church, right? Decisions that need to be made, whatever. I pray that prayer to this day, and I think that if you pray and mean it, that's the other thing. You got to mean it. Lord, actually break my heart if that's what you want. He will. But I pray that, uh, that you take that, right? That's the practical aspect of it. Uh, but also the spiritual aspect is that the Lord is faithful to his promises. Yes, 70 years later, sure enough, they left exile. Some stayed because they wanted to, right? You see that and people just decide like, I'm not going to leave. I'm going to do my own thing. But there were groups of people who decided we're coming back. And when they came back, there was a revival because the people, as they leaned into their season, realized, hey, something's missing. They began to seek the Lord with all their heart, and he began to work in their lives. And I believe that that will happen to you too. The Lord is absolutely faithful to every single one of his promises. Jesus was the fulfillment of like hundreds of prophecies. And there's still some, right, that he will come again, that we won't be sick anymore, that we won't be hurting anymore, that nobody's going to be in the hospital anymore. Nobody's going to have to worry about where their next meal is going to come from. Those promises are still in the queue. And I'm ready for them. And I think that there are people who would just jump at the opportunity to live a life knowing those promises. And I think that we, as we lean into the Lord's plan, can be those people here in Gainesville. So let's go ahead and bow our heads. Our most kind of Heavenly Father, God, thank you so much for your promises. Thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you that your plans are better than ours. Thank you that the things I wanted to have happen in my life didn't happen when I wanted it. God, I ask that you would be with us now as we look into the new year (coughs) coming up. God, that you would cover us, bless us. Lord, that we would truly seek you with all our heart, that none of our ambition would be attached to that, only full submission to you in your plan for our life. 